Welcome to Day 87 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Matthew Kresge and Catherine Kresge. And uh, we're continuing. Uh, we left you in an unfortunate place yesterday. We took you to the middle of a riot in Jerusalem uh, where Paul is actually doing everything he can to build a bridge uh, you know, to those of his uh, own heritage, to those of the Jewish faith. He has paid the vow for four men who have taken a Nazarite vow. He's uh, shaved his head. He's walking into the temple after purification uh, to offer the final offering. And as he does, you know, some Jews from Asia, uh, those who had experienced his, his ministry in Asia, see him. And uh, all of a sudden, they stir up the crowd and even make a few accusations about him that he is defiling the temple by, you know, bringing in a Gentile. And so the Roman cohort sweeps in and they grab Paul in the middle of this uh, as he's about to lose his life just to mob violence there in the temple. Speak, talk about defiling the temple. Uh, and they take him, you know, toward the fortress of Antonio. And as they do, Paul is always convinced of his persuasive power. So he <laughs> asks, you know, to speak to the crowd. And uh, the Roman soldier is surprised because he speaks to him in Greek, then he speaks to the crowd in Aramaic, and he shows himself to be a rather extraordinary uh, extraordinary man. And uh, so we pick up in 22 where we uh, pick up with Paul's speech. But before we do, <laughs> let's offer this moment to the Lord. Katie, can you lift us up? Absolutely. Father... Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this time we have together um, to read it. And what a blessing it is that we can openly read our Bibles and, um, and not be afraid um, of being arrested, um, being persecuted for even the act of, of reading your word. Um, but we, we don't want to take that for granted. Um, we want to delight in you and delight in the fact that you've chosen to reveal yourself to us um, through your word. And so God would, would you, um, be with us as we, as we read and as we engage, um, would you be with our brothers and sisters around the world who do have, have laws, live in places where there are laws against, um, reading the, their Bibles, um, and proclaiming the gospel. So father, you are good and we trust in who you are. Would you continue to teach us today? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Acts 22, and here is Paul's speech from the steps of the fortress to the angry crowd that has almost uh, just killed him. Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. And they heard him speak to them in Aramaic. They became very quiet. And Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I settled under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as the high priest and all the council can testify themselves. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, I ask? I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord, I ask? Get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus. There you'll be told all that you've been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus, but the brilliance of the light had blinded me. 
man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all the people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know. I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of the martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him, he's not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. But I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. The commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews, so the next day he released him and ordered the chief priest and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. And, of course, there's another unfortunate break. <laughs> we'll have to wait till tomorrow to uh, pursue Paul's speech uh, before the Sanhedrin. That was a pretty dramatic moment you know, in, in the life of in the life of Paul and uh, for a guy who's just almost been beat to death he has remarkable calm as he rehearses his story <laughs> yeah. and this is you know this is the second time we, we've heard the story we heard it from Luke's you know perspective uh, you know as the events actually unfolded in the early part of the chapter and we'll hear it again you know as, as Paul explains it later and we come back to it three times it's a very important you know, story in the life of the church this conversion of one who once persecuted the church and of course, he calls his witnesses the very people, uh, you know, before who he is about to stand. That he was every bit as zealous for the, the Jewish faith as they had ever been, and, and well beyond them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You almost get the sense, you know, as Paul's kind of unfolding this, he's he's you, you know me well. You know, you've you've likely heard all the stories, you know, about me, and even just I, I love his little note. I mean, you know, I there I was when Stephen was killed. And I stood giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. I mean, yeah. just the detail of I was ravaging the church. You know, th- this wasn't something that just I all, I got up and, and changed my mind one day. You know, I was I was set to oppose this. And then the Lord intervened. Mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting. I've never noticed before, but how he describes Ananias, because Ananias was a follower of Christ, but he doesn't describe him as that at first. He describes him as a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there, you know, because he's speaking to this crowd, this crowd of Jews who um, think that he is, 
he's blaspheming and and so i just it, that's just an interesting um side note that he is definitely trying to show them like i that something deep happened to me like something big happened to me to bring me from this to this and um like and so he's doing an amazing job of describing his um commitment to the jewish heritage and 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 of course that's what you know paul would say in you know his uh, letter to the corinthians I, to those under the law, become like one having a law. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Ananias was a devout follower of the law in even a deeper, richer way because not only was he a follower of the law, but he was a follower of the one that the law pointed to. Right, right. And uh, the embodiment of the fulfillment of the law, which is exactly what Jesus said. Don't think that I've come uh, you know, to lay aside the law. I've come to fulfill the law and then there won't be a single accent mark or a single small letter in the alphabet left out until mm-hmm. I've accomplished all that the law has talked about mm-hmm. yeah. and then he tells them that he's a Roman citizen and uh, they're very confused and um, what would you what word would you use to describe their reaction to that worried about legally they're worried all kinds of things going on first of all they're surprised that this you know diminutive Jew is actually on the same status that they are Mm -hmm. so you see some of their prejudices coming out and he's going are you really a Roman citizen because that cost me a ton of money and and there were you know three ways you could become a Roman citizen you could be you know emancipated as a slave and then brought into citizenship you could bribe someone, and so we have someone here who has uh, bribed someone <laughs> in order to you know, receive Roman citizenship, or you could be, and of course, the, the most noble way to become a Roman citizen is to be born into born that into heritage. It. So it may have been that Paul's father you know, had done something significant for the empire and therefore had received as a gift of citizenship. We have no idea, but Paul... Uh, was born into a Roman citizen. He's learning how to play this card a little bit earlier. Last time he got beat first, and then he said, by the way, I'm a Roman <laughs> citizen. He said, yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to go early this time before you even Smart. beat me. Yeah. Let, me yeah, let me tell you, I'm a Roman citizen. So yeah. what could happen to them for for flogging a Roman citizen? Uh, they would usually get the same punishment, you know, that oh, they had, uh, you know, nice. that they had dealt out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a retributive system. So if you lost a prisoner, you would get the punishment. You know, the prisoner right. was supposed to be if you had punished a Roman citizen, then you would probably, along with, you know, the thing that happened in Philippi. Right. You remember, Paul said, "No, you, we're not just going to quietly do this. Mm-hmm. You're going to come. You're going to publicly apologize, and you are going to escort me out of the city in dignity." Yeah. So. There would have been restorative measures in a take place. Well, and you see, know. just from the whole, you know, like it cost me a lot of money to be a Roman citizen. Ro- the Romans, being a Roman citizen, came with a lot of perks. I mean, you wanted to be, you know, a Roman citizen because of how you were treated as a Roman citizen. And I mean, we're even just seeing a little bit of the tension. You know, we're not seeing it fully here, but you know, between Rome and you know Jerusalem. I mean, there was so much tension wrapped up in just those two entities alone that mm-hmm. you almost get the sense where. You know, part of me wonders at time. You know, Paul knew what he was doing here. He knew that when he mentioned what mm-hmm. God had done, the Lord said to me, "Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles." That that was going to incite like a riot. You know, and and you see, Paul. I, we were kind of laughing beforehand that Paul would have been a frustrating guy because here he is. You know, maybe he thought he could win over his fellow Jews. My guess is he probably knew he was going to make them angry, and 
but then some would come to know Jesus. But yeah. you know, when they start to, and then he gets into the kind of you know Roman custody, and he says, "By the way, I'm a Roman citizen." You know, Paul just kind of I feel like he's always has people on edge around him. Yeah, <laughs> in a good way. Well, you know, the gospels you know started something that's kind of new. It was kind of centrifugal. You know, it was moving from the center out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, just it was uh, you know the you know the. Um, witness of Israel was kind of centripetal. It was uh, moving toward outside toward yeah. the center. In other words, Gentiles were supposed to come yeah. to mm-hmm. Jerusalem. And, and this is a new thing that we are extending our hands you know, to the Gentiles. But there was enough evidence in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, uh, the prophets, uh, the promise to Abraham that the Gentiles should be included in the kingdom of God, uh, the restored blessing uh, you know, coming through Abraham. But it's not something that they wanted to hear. Yeah. Do you think that Paul knew when he? It kind of reminds me of Jesus in some ways of like setting his face toward Jerusalem. Like, do you think he knew when he got to Jerusalem that this would be kind of the beginning of the end? I I don't. Uh, you know I yeah. th- I think you know even here when he hit the first time he was in Jerusalem. I, I love this. You know, he sees a vision from Christ, and Christ you know, says, "Hurry up, get out of the city." And he says, "Nope, I'm not going. <laughs> they love me here. They they yeah. lo- they think more of me than you." you, you no, yeah. Paul, they don't. And, and, yeah. and so I I really I don't think you know Paul realized you know what a flashpoint you know this was going to be when he walked. Mm-hmm. He did know because the Holy Spirit yeah. had prophesied that he would be imprisoned. Uh, but this has been a you know a violent moment, you know, a really scary moment, mm-hmm. you know, for him. But the, like I said, in the, in this yeah. passage, even when the Lord tells him you need to get out of here, he yeah, said, he no, 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 wait, wait. Yeah, yeah I, I think in the back of Paul's mind, he always thinks Rome will be the end. I, w- I will get to Rome. It's where I'm supposed mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, we look forward to tomorrow. And I won't say too much, but we do. I do Spoiler. think you see. You've already said too much. Spoiler too alert. Much. I, I do think because it goes off of what you, you're asking is you see Paul waver maybe a little bit, you know, as he sits in the prison cell because Jesus shows up and comforts him and says, you know, take courage. Yeah. You will get to Rome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But I think Paul is, and of course, the same thing in Ephesus. He wanted to go in the middle of the theater and he was just you know, convinced I can persuade these people. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's never, he never loses hope in the power of the gospel, the persuasive power of the gospel. Uh, and I, I, so I, I think he thought he. Yeah. I, I don't think he thought he would get the reaction that he did. Hmm. It's interesting the dynamics of a crowd, just the uh, mob mentality that happens so fast. I mean, it's it's crazy, and somebody can get beat up without ever oh, yeah. being questioned. Yeah. And, and of course, you have you know, you know from yesterday, some of them were shouting one thing, and mm-hmm. others were shouting another. Yeah. They weren't quite in agreement, you know, why they didn't like Paul. They just knew they didn't like Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it does end up in, in this. But God is uh, watching over over him. Yeah. So yeah. I was th- just going to say one more thing. I think is worth noting, and we might have mentioned even when we talked about you know this first time Paul mentions this story, but just how closely Jesus identifies with his yeah. church that you know Saul says I was persecuting the church you know I was persecuting the way and you know he, Jesus shows up he says I am Jesus of Nazareth whom you are, whom persecuting. You are persecuting you know yeah. and he's it's through the church so Jesus identifies with his church and when we're persecuted Jesus is persecuted and and even now as Paul's being persecuted you know he's got great confidence that yeah. you know it's what, yeah Jesus identifies with him mm. yep. All right. Well, Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah. 
Father, we thank you for your grace to us. We thank you for um, all of Scripture, from the exhortations, the encouragements, the promises, the warnings, um, to the stories of um, like these, where we see your faithfulness um, to your people um, in the midst of rioting and um, and other crazy stories. We're reminded that you are in control. Um, that you are intent not only to to bring the gospel to Jerusalem, but to the ends of the earth as well. And so, Father, we thank you for um, our time together. Thank you for the reminder um, that you you do absolutely identify with your church. Um, And so, Father, would you comfort us in that? Um, Would you continue to form us into the image of Christ Jesus as we spend time um, in your word together? And God, would you get much glory through us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.